Hi, Ian. Yeah, good morning, Jenny. How are you this morning? Good, thank you very much. Yourself? I'm very well, thank you. So this is a podcast again. This is the second podcast about uh, overtime during Op Arum, and this will be more aligned with uh, business as usual, i.e. those staying at Division. Um, so, as I said, the last podcast was 20 minutes long. I don't expect this one to be quite as long, um, given there's not as much on it, and there's no... Effectively, just for everybody's clarity here, there were two workforce agreements. One of them was for cops going to Arum, and the other one was for... Uh, there was there were other ones, just the, the standard workforce agreement that we all work to at the moment anyway. Um, and that's kind of where the difference lies in terms of um, certain things. However, double lock is one thing that seems that, 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 that was agreed during that workforce agreement that uh, it seems to be that that's going to hang around for a long while afterwards, whereby the last of volunteers for time and a half with, uh, with plenty of notice and then potentially that might stop the, the company building up a lot of rest days, for example as opposed to um, paying the overtime out and then not having to owe folk the days. Um, would you agree, Jenny? Yes, I would. Wonderful. Right, so business as usual. So the, 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 the position at the moment, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, is that the we don't believe that there's an exigency of duty in terms of what's happening for folks staying back at division. Effectively, I think we, we can talk about response policing, about... CID, about PPU, about the business as usual stuff that has to continue, even though COP26 has gone on. Um, and what I mean by that is that this is normal standard business, although folk are going away, which is presenting us the problems and the gaps that we're needing to fill, and, and that's why they're offering overtime. Uh, and that's why I believe the double lock's been used basically the whole way through um, for, for kind of plugging the gaps, shall we say, at Division. Do you have anything to add to that, Jenny, do you think, or, or does that kind of cover the kind of... No, as far as... Yeah, that's not that's not to um, say that it's not been massively challenging for the division to come up with the numbers and some of the yeah. timeframes that they've been... Um, Given. ...kind of held okay. to have been yeah. pretty, yeah. pretty brutal, yeah. perfectly honest. So it's not... Yeah. To, we're not being dismissive of and saying that it's not been a challenging task, but technically, as far as uh, the definition of an exigency is concerned, if to be brutal, it's of not the division, but perhaps the force's own doing, that yeah. the resourcing has been left um, to be done in the way it has at that, in that kind of last-minute... Yeah. <laughs> Excuse yeah. me, sorry, last-minute fashion. No, I understand. So, so with that, and herein lies that we spoke in the last podcast about the 28-day rule um, in terms of exigencies. And I think we'll maybe just have a quick chat about this. Um, I don't know if there are many folk out there that, that this is applied to right enough, but effectively, um, basically, you must be given a minimum of 28 days in terms of the regulations in order for a shift pattern change. Now, th this, this is where it differs from Urham. Anybody going to Urham has been given a new pattern. There are folk within the division who, for instance, uh, DVRU or say other departments who have been given a new shift pattern. Basically, they've been moved off their current shift pattern they're on and moved into, talking say, Group 3's shift pattern somewhere in the division. So that that kind of, my understanding is most of these folk did have uh, 28 days notice. Um, and if you didn't, then perhaps it's one to, to take note of 
purely on the basis of your 28 days notice is a rolling 28 days. Um, and if there is potential here that you may earn time and a third for anything out with what your original pattern was. So by means of explanation, um, if you were supposed to be early shift Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and you are now changed to a late shift, for talking sake, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, you would earn the difference in time and a third from, for talking sake, early shift finished at four and your late shift started at two, you would earn the overtime from four in the afternoon until, say, midnight when your shift finishes. Um, and that's at time and a third because it's a working day. Um, again, if, if you've got that situation where you do have less than 28 days for a new pattern, I think that's probably one that you want to get in touch with us for um, in order that we can try and work it out because it, there are obviously other issues to it whereby less than 15s and less than five days notice for getting for, for, for then changing your working days. Um, anything else about 28 days, Jenny? I know that's kind of a whistle-stop tour of it. Yeah, um, as far as I've sat in on lots of resourcing meetings in the last, um, particularly the last month, and the division took the decision pretty early on to move all of your initially COMPOL and then DVRU onto a response VSA group. So yeah. that was all done quite, yeah. quite yeah, ahead of time. There are some, as, as obviously they've realised they need more people, there are some officers that may have um, been moved. I think the inquiry unit was maybe one of them who... Um, they have been moved with slightly less notice. But yeah, I think for the vast, vast majority of people uh, will have received um, sufficient notification of a change of its shift pattern. Yeah, okay, good. Um, again, I, I, I covered it in the last one, but we'll cover it again in this one. The basics, the absolute basics for overtime is that um, if it's a working day, it's time and a third you're learning. So if you, if you, end, if you end up working for talking sake, you're a nine-hour shift and you're now a 12-hour shift because you've, you've been mandatory given three hours overtime, then that would be three hours of time and a third. The confusion, I think, is coming in with this double lock whereby folk are, are assuming it's time and a half for everything, but it's time and a third on a working day. Time and a half on a rest day, not, not and here again, the, the amount of questions I'm querying and getting about this is quite unbelievable, but you don't get time and a half on a working day, no matter what it is. You only get time and a half if your rest day is cancelled or you volunteer to work it under the uh, double lock agreement. Uh, obviously, if it's cancelled, it's got to be cancelled with less than 15 days' notice. Um, same applies with, with double time. Double time is less than five days' notice, but for less than five and less than 15, you don't count the day of the event or the day you're told. And it has to be less than 15, not 15. Um, again, there's folk being scoped today for the 5th of November. Today's the 20th of October, and they've been scoped to the 5th of November for um, Operation Moonbeam, which is fireworks night. Uh, and essentially, they are not entitled to, if, it, if it's been cancelled as an exigency of duty, they're not entitled to compensation in terms of payment because it's 15 days' notice and with one day either side of it. So, but yeah, that's a question that's still to be answered because we've then had that back today saying, well, they were looking for volunteers in the first, fifth and sixth. Uh, some folk have volunteered and now been scoped and they're not sure whether they're getting paid or not. And I take it you've not got anything further than that, Jenny, other than the same things that you're getting the same, the folk are asking you the same questions. 
Yeah, business as usual is definitely a little bit more straightforward. All the a lot of the Moonbeam stuff has come out of uh, public order deployment, so yeah. Um, yeah. that is going to be people who are subject to the Aram workforce agreement and slightly different shift patterns. Um, the business as usual is yes, there is definitely a disruption on those days, but it's probably a little bit easier to get your head around. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, that's good. Uh, yeah, the double lock seems to be the one that's kind of filling in a lot of the, the, the stuff throughout business as usual, kind of stuff when you're left back at the shifts and those working their rest days. Double lock's been the thing that's kind of keeping that going to, to bolster the numbers. Uh, I know they're looking for more folk for the city centre plans at the weekends, so that's always an option for people. Um, refreshments, again, and this is probably a, a good one for a basic conversation around refreshments. Um, uh, the, the rule is, uh, and correct me here, Jenny, please button on me, um, is that effectively if you're not allowed to eat a refreshment or, or, or obtain your, your refreshment, i.e. Your, your lunch, your dinner, whatever it is you're having, by the normal means, then you could claim it. Now, normal means could be a myriad of things, i.e. you're sat in a prisoner watch at Gathcat, or you're standing by a locus in the city centre, or something like that um, could attract the fact that you've got to buy something in, although that's I've seen folk getting just eats delivered to the location that they're standing on a point, or, or whether your gaffer decides to go and buy you all dominoes and claim it all back. Um, if there's a lot of you standing by a locus, that seems to be a kind of sensible thing to do. Also, if you're held on past your usual shift, uh, then you are entitled to a refreshment because, for instance, if you're early shift and you're due to finish at four and you're held on to seven at night, you've probably missed your dinner by that point and it's in the bin. So you may have to go and buy something, but you don't buy it on your way home. You buy it and you take it and you're still at work. So um, anything else refreshment-wise, Jenny, because I think I've probably not covered all of it. Yeah, so the um, the question I got asked yesterday was, and it, it was for an autumn deployment, but it, the argument applies regardless to anybody. Um, there was mention of this £7 upper limit um, for a refreshment. That is... Uh, admin process that G Division introduced years ago to kind of put a, a cap on claims to stop the business unit having to um, filter through some pretty um, crazy claims. There mm-hmm. is nothing in regulations that puts a cap on your refreshment claim. Therefore, where you are and what you've had to buy is very important and obviously some folk are going to be in very restrictive uh, situations where their hand is forced and they can't go shopping about for the cheapest meal. So claim, get receipts and claim what you actually spent on your refreshment. And if you get uh, any issues with being reimbursed, then just come back to a Fed rep and we will have a look at it. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, uh, that's a fair point, particularly when it comes to, you know, if, if you're stuck in a hotel somewhere that, you know, the price of a meal might be £20 versus being able to buy a Subway sandwich and you're out £5, um, then obviously you're going to be claiming more. Um, mileage, again, if folk are being moved around the division, then you're potentially going to claim mileage if it's over and above what you would have um, normally driven. Again, that's a basic conversation. Um, for those that are new to the police, etc., you know, if you normally work ten miles from home, but you're having to drive twenty for a training course or to go to another office to do a prisoner watch 
for talking sake and Greenock or something like that, then you're entitled to claim the difference. Excuse me. <coughs> Um, oh, Ian, also, just, to, mm-hmm. just to go yep. back, sorry, you see the, the, the one of the important things to say about the, the food claims is that the, the difference between food and the mileage, food is an expense that you're being reimbursed for, whereas now yeah. some folks think that they can claim a food uh, or a fresh, if you like, um, because they missed their dinner. It's not. It's a reimbursement of extra money that you've actually had to spend. So you yeah. can't just claim four pounds because you missed your dinner. Um, so you actually have to have spent the money as opposed to mileage, which is uh, an, an allowance. Um, yeah. Therefore, there's no no dispute. It's a quite a straightforward <coughs> black and white. I travelled X number of miles, and you're entitled yeah. to. Yep. Sorry to go backwards. No, it's absolutely fine. Um, absolutely fine. Um, in terms of, I was saying, they're talking about mileage and, and, and claiming the excess travel. Uh, I wonder what your thoughts are on if you're working your rest days on the double lock. Um, normally, if you're working a rest day, you would claim your mileage. Well, yes, you would claim. So there's a difference. If you're working a rest day with more than 15 days' notice and you're getting a day yeah. back, you only yep. claim additional mileage because that is essentially you've just swapped your duty for another day. Correct. If you're getting, if you're in for court, for instance, in a less than 15 or less than five, you're actually performing an additional tour of duty to your normal um, pattern. Therefore, yeah. you claim your entire mileage because it's a journey that you would not normally, not normally. have had to, yep. to make. Absolutely. So following that same logic, um, the double under the double lock agreement they are treating that day as if it were a less than 15 so you would claim your in my view you would claim your full Mm -hmm. mileage that day okay wonderful right okay anything else in terms of um sort of business usual anything been left at g division um Um, that we need to talk about do you think i it's just to really kind of explain there's quite a lot of um uh, cover having to be put in place for night shift um, mm-hmm. so some people are um, being asked to work rest days to work a night shift so that um, is just to make sure that people pay attention the, the full and service delivery hub are doing a, a good job of this but just to pay yeah, attention what you're doing either side of that shift um, and unfortunately, the levels are just um, much lower on night shifts to early shifts and late shifts, which is yeah. why that's happened. The double lock agreement is in place for business usual for every date. Yeah. The 22nd to about the 14th or 15th, um, which is different to those going to. Um, yeah. So that all rest days during that period um, yeah, will be, be for. Yeah. yeah. The other yeah. anomaly for overtime was that came up is for I think it's the 1st of November because Uh of the restrictions and the division's inability to use rest day people in the 1st because Aram want rest day people is is kind of the simplest way to look at it early shift that day and night shift that day have had to do a compulsory 12 hour shift The the plan is then to use the late shift to essentially 
both Bolster. of the figures on either the early shift or the night shift. Yeah. So some folk yeah. in that group will find themselves working an early shift and some yeah. folk will find themselves working a night shift. Um, yeah. our, our view on that is that, again, because it, it's not under an exigency of duty, that officer yeah. has not received the correct due notice for that yeah. shift change. Yeah. Um, so, yes, the division can do it. However, there will be... a financial cost and again it comes under that same rule of you've either had your um it's an advancement of start time or a deferral of start time and the Mm. rule there is as ian explained earlier on any hours which are out with what would have been your normal rostered tour of duty that day can Mm. be claimed at time and a third um they also count towards your entire tour of duty as well so it's not like you're having to work extra hours um Mm. so yeah, so basically the the both the early shift or whoever was supposed to be late shift that day and is rostered for an earlier night will have yeah. a claim. Yeah, yeah. As in for just to, for means of explanation, if you were two to midnight and you're now uh seven till for talking sake seven, then you you know, you're put back then, it's not an exigency, but but they'll, they'll put you back, that's then seven hours at time and a third, because it's a working day, it's time and a third, and you're claiming from seven in the morning until you should have started at two. And if you're night shift, you're claiming from midnight until when you finish at seven. Um, at time and a third again, it's a working day. So, and, and the fourth working day for all of us remaining at division is seven in the morning. That hasn't changed um, in terms of the other the other ones, the, 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 the kind of our workforce agreement, you say. Yeah, and the other slight, um, not difference, but thing that's been clarified a wee bit earlier is that the double lock agreement um, does apply to inspectors who are remaining yeah. at division um, to do business as usual. So there uh, will be time and a half payments for inspectors. It is to Urham cops or Urham inspectors as well, but there has to be specific agreement for specific days. But the division has... Um, clarified that they are able to pay inspectors because they certainly wanted to bolster the numbers, so that's what they're doing. Okay. Fabulous. Right, I think that probably covers it. There will no doubt be spin-off questions that come from it um, and no doubt folk will be in touch, but please, yeah, again, same rules apply. Feel free to get in touch. I would look at, if you've got the chance, try and, and, and make yourself aware of, of what the, your, your allowances and, you know, uh, entitlements, shall we say, for compensation are www.pnb, that's papanovemberbravo.scot is the oracle guide, pnb.scot. And if you're unsure and there's no other means of getting in touch with us, then by all means, www.spf.org and then hit the contact button and just fill in the blanks and someone will be back in touch with you. You happy, Jenny? Absolutely, always. You're, you're looking forward to it. I literally can't wait. I think it's going to be really good. <laughs> Fabulous. Right. Excellent. Well, let's see how it goes. And uh, yeah, feel free, folks, to get in touch. Um, you, 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 I think most of you will know how to get hold of us if you need to. Okay, okay. Okay. Cheers, Ian. Thanks, Danny. Take care. Cheers now. Have a good one. Thanks.